Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 6.30 Shed. Back to dry sun. Hall, sharp angle shot. And that went off the blocker. Is it in? Back hitter score! Leon Drysaddle found the loose puck. And the Edmonton Oilers, in stunning fashion, have taken a 2-1 lead. Drysaddle's 16th. And the Oilers strike twice. In a span of 55 seconds to turn a 1-0 deficit into a 2-1 lead. And that would turn out to be your game winner as the Oilers find themselves in another low-scoring contest. And this time, they get it done. 3-1 the final. Drysaddle with the game winner. Anton Lander also scored first goal in 11 and a half months. He hadn't scored since March 16th. Brandon Davidson, who was excellent again, got some insurance with just over three minutes to go. And Cam Talbot, 36 saves. He stopped 102 of 107 pucks over the last three games. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. Terry Pranich, Real Estate Team Overtime, open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. And Lander certainly relieved to get back on the score sheet. Here's Lander, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things diesel. To have that one go in like that? Yeah, uh, it's been a tough time. It's been both mental and physic, but uh, more important, we got a big win too. We've been playing pretty good the last two games, and uh, I think the group needed to win to see that we need to play this to win games, so... Uh, it was nice to get the first goal, uh, but also to get a big win. Just uh, the penalty kill tonight, you were a part of that as well. It came up big there in the third. Yeah, that's something uh, that you need to win games. You need to play good uh, in the special teams. And we only got one power play today, I think. And uh, we sorted out uh, great blocks but, uh, by a lot of guys. And uh, Cam was really good in the back end. Just how much of a relief was it, though? I mean, I can't imagine you ever thought it would take you this long this season to get your first call. Yeah, you. I wish you can be in my head and see all the things I've been trying. And uh, it's been a lot. It's been really tough, and uh, I don't want anyone to go through that. Uh, it's hard. It's tough. Uh, your family around you and friends uh, asking you what's wrong with you because you're not the same guy. And uh, but it's a part of the game. And. Uh, uh, especially harder when, when the team is losing. Yeah, if we will be winning, it will be much easier. But uh, tonight we, we find a way to win the game, and that's, uh, that's huge for us. Read that, Anton Lander. All right, that's Brendan Ulrich in the victorious Oilers dressing room tonight. That seven-game winless skid is over. They went 0-5-2 during that run, 3-1 over the New York Islanders tonight as we bring in Rob Brown for, uh, I mean, these three games, very similar, Rob. It was 0-0 for well over half the game, the last three games, and certainly some tight games, games with uh, good goaltending, though I know you probably want to touch on, on Halak, but certainly the, the two games before this. Talbot uh, stands strong, and the Oilers finally rewarded for being patient and working hard. Well, the Oilers were smart uh, in, in all of these games, not giving up a lot of chances. Uh, 
doing the right things with the puck, uh, the blue lines getting it out, uh, the opposite blue lines getting it in, not turning the puck over, uh, making the other team work to get a scoring chance. And they didn't do that on the six-game homestand. They tried trading chances. They, they were sloppy with the puck, sloppy in their own zone. But the last three games, they've cleaned that up. They're, they're competing hard. They're battling hard. And uh, if it wasn't for some... You know, bad breaks or some unlucky bounces. They they might have won a, a game on the road trip. They come home, they play the same style. They 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 play close to the vest, smart hockey game, and this time they're rewarded. And they had to overcome some bad luck too tonight. You know, the the goal that the Islander the Islanders scored. Uh, most times when a player gets hit in the you know the, around the face neck area, the puck is or the the whistle is blown immediately. It wasn't. They scored the goals, and, and the others didn't complain. They came out in the third period. They got the goals they needed. Now, having said that, the third period wasn't a perfect third period. You know the Islanders outshot them. It was 18 to five. And the Oilers scored three goals on their five shots. 18-6. 18-6. So it wasn't a, a perfect period, but they got the goals that they needed, and players stepped up. Now, uh, this is a much better effort than we've seen on home ice by the Oilers in a while. Benoit Pouliot, according to head coach Todd McClellan, has a shoulder injury, and it's more than day-to-day. I'm reading off the uh, Twitter account of Jack Michaels, our play-by-play guy. So... Another injury to deal with. This one to a forward. So the only the only extra forward right now is Euro uh, Pakarinen. So we'll see if he gets a chance or if maybe they uh, call somebody up. But clearly Pouliot out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it, it it didn't look good the way he went off the ice. I give him credit for staying out there uh, when it first happened. He had to stay out a good 25, 30 seconds on the penalty kill and then went straight down towards the Oilers dressing room when he did come off the ice. Uh, to me, it's it, it's not day. It's week to week and it's more. It, it looks serious. It's unfortunate. But as I was telling Bob upstairs, it's an opportunity. Neil Yakupov uh, is going to get a chance now in the top six most likely playing with Connor McDavid, and it's his opportunity to show what he can do uh, going forward. Uh, it's going to be an extended time with skilled players. He can make his case as to where he can fit in with this Oiler team in the future. All right, 3-1, the Oilers knock off the New York Islanders. Of course, one of the most dangerous players on the ice, John Tavares. He wound up with seven shots on goal tonight. His post-game reaction for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got one, you got a one-goal lead, so uh, anything can happen. And, you know, we had our chances. Uh, they just capitalized theirs, and I thought we had a few more chances than we did. Uh, we just didn't score, and you know, power play's got to come through, and we got to start scoring 5 1 5. Last few games, it's uh, been dry for us, and uh, um, you know, hurt us tonight. How was two power plays early in the third? It's just a little too much uh, standing around, not getting pucks to the net like you've been doing? Yeah, I think we probably could have got to the puck to the net a little bit more. Um, you know, but. Uh, we had three or four opportunities. Uh, we had some chances. Uh, we probably could have shot the puck a little bit more. Um, you know, in hindsight, um, obviously we're trying to trying to make the right play. Um, but yeah, got to have the shot mentality. But uh, we did some good things. We just got to put in the net when you get the chance. Yeah, he was very good. Um, you know, you get your chances against him. You got to beat the goalie. So um, he played well. Great. All right, Scott Johnson work in the visitors' dressing room this evening. John Tavares from the New York Islanders who have their three-game winning streak 
snapped. The Oilers take it 3-1 tonight. Rob, the special team's worth talking about tonight because we, t we referenced the Islanders' outstanding penalty kill before the game, best in the NHL, but it's the Oilers' PK that makes a huge difference tonight. And it did, and it starts in net. Cam Talbot was outstanding. Uh, on the back, and uh, Brandon Davidson, who was just making leaps and bounds this season, uh, very good. He, he, I know that there was one where he stopped the goal. He got his stick across and didn't allow the puck to get across the, to, to the player that he was defending. Uh, they, we heard Matt Hendricks, I believe, talking to you. They were embarrassed when they were in the island last time, and they felt like they were picked apart. They changed a couple different things tonight, and, and it showed. The, the PK was instrumental tonight in getting them the victory because the Islanders did have the first, I believe, three power plays, and had they capitalized on any of those, could have put this game out of reach, but the penalty killers didn't allow them to, and eventually the Oilers got the breaks they needed in the third. Of course, you can reach us by calling 780-496-0063. We're looking for a contestant to finish the play tonight. You can also text 630-630. You can tweet me at... Reed Wilkins, the hermit says, why is McDavid getting PK time? Seems risky. Well, he hadn't been until the last couple of games. He's been out at the start of the penalty kill. We saw Rob when he first came back from injury. Sometimes he would be out right at the very end. You know, to get a to yeah. get a line out near the end, but now he is back to being a penalty killer. Lots of good hockey players around the National Hockey League penalty kill. I, I don't know if you want. Uh, Connor McDavid lying face first in front of a puck. But, I mean, I played an era where Stevie Eisman used to penalty kill all the time. He'd lay down and block anything. Um, there is always risk involved when you're blocking a shot. But in the, the new National Hockey League, everybody blocks shots. And sometimes you get hurt. McDavid. Uh, McDavid did. On a rush. But, I mean, that, that is nothing. Yeah, McDavid had nothing to do with the penalty kill. That injury was – that was a play that he makes when he plays five on five on the power play. So that has nothing to do with him being on a PK. When you're blocking a shot like a Nugent Hopkins did when you're penalty killing, that's where the risk comes in. But to me, the, the teams that I've been on, it's – the, the star players in games that you are losing, if it's a close game, that's when they penalty kill more because they can be a game-breaker. And McDavid, he's got the ability to score a shorthanded goal every time he steps out there, and that's why he's being used. He did wind up with an assist tonight, giving him 17 points in 14 games since returning from injury. And uh, you mentioned Brandon Davidson, his play. He chips in offensively as well with a goal and an assist, and he's plus two. We've got to take a quick timeout. When we get back, you will hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers take it 3-1. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's Fane to Sekra through traffic, and Bailey and Nielsen break it up. Nielsen on the puck for New York. Beautiful chip up the left-hand side. Opposal leads a three-on-two. Drop pass for Nielsen. Tried to center. Hamannick a shot and a save made by Cam Talbot. Probably the best chance of the night for either club. And Hamannick robbed from about six feet out by Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot's save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Talbot with 36 stops. 18 of them in the third period, and the Oilers beat the Islanders 
3-1 tonight, getting all their goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. Lander, Dreisaitl, and Davidson. Lander, the third star. Hall, the second star. Talbot, clearly the first star. Rob and I are going to hand out the fourth star of the game. It's courtesy of Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. It, it doesn't get any easier than this because I personally the best player on the ice tonight on either team was Brandon Davidson. Goal and an assist. Uh, what was he, plus one, plus two? Plus two. Plus two. Uh, he was dominant. 22-12. Yeah, I, he was the best player. I mean, Talbot was great. And they, they could be 1A and 1B today. But Davidson, for the players that were in, in player skates tonight, was by far the best player on the ice. All right, so the Oilers end a seven-game winless skit. Let's hear from their head coach, Todd McClellan. This is courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things Diesel. Todd, you've got a team that hasn't won at home since uh, February 11th. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> you've got uh, you know, some players that are unhappy with the fans for, uh, for booing Schultz and uh, Lander comes and scores his first goal in the season, and the uh, crowd is paying him off big time. Uh, you just chew on, on all of that in this situation? Um, well, there's a lot of pieces there. i got to review your question. So let's go back to the, uh, the not winning here in a while. Um, obviously, the homestand. You know, I think we beat Toronto, and then after that, things didn't go real well for us, and we were really disappointed with the input into the games. Um, our last nine periods have been has been different, and that's a reflection on them deciding that uh, uh, their effort level and their commitment level wasn't good enough. We give them credit for responding. Um, kind of throwing that word out about being scrappy and dog on a bone and and relentless, using those adjectives to try and describe our team moving forward and how we're going to have to play. And we're seeing more of that over the last few nights. Um, so that part of it is taken care of. Um, the, uh, the fan reaction to individual players, um, you know, they come and they, uh, they deserve to express themselves. They earn the, that opportunity when they, uh, when they pay for the seat and they can come in. And, and uh, it's our job, uh, the entire organization, organization's job, just not one individual, to, to impress them enough to, uh, to, to get them excited. Um, I didn't hear anybody booing tonight, and we were actually losing at one nothing because we gave them an honest effort. And if individual players are coming to the defense of teammates or former teammates, that's also a feather in their cap. They're trying to deflect some of that, uh, uh, that pressure on individuals. It's hard to play in that type of situation, but we put ourselves there. If we adopt that scrappy mentality, that uh, dog-on-a-bone mentality from now till the end of the season, we won't have to worry about that. I don't, I'm not sure how many games we'll win. That'll be the, the goal. But the input into it will be much better. What was the last part of your question? Well, just the, the way they paid off Lander after 64 games. Of those. Well, I, I can tell you what. The same guys that were, um, were trying to protect teammates uh, from the booing and that type of stuff, they were the first ones there tapping them. Our bench was truly, truly excited for him. Anton's a great kid. There's nobody... Uh, that wanted him to score more than the 20 guys that had the uniform on tonight and the guys uh, you know, meeting the team as they were coming off. We're all happy for him. Uh, we want him to be successful, and he wants to be successful, and it's a weight off his shoulders. He may get on a roll now just because there's relief, so we're happy for him. Todd, sometimes when you call players up from the minors, they maybe get a little bit of a bump early just because they're here and the energy's going and stuff. But are you seeing things in Osterley's game that there's a consistency that's coming Yeah, out? we are. We're... Um, you know, the, those players that come up, they, they either seize the opportunity and they open up eyes or they seize 
you know, they're seizing the opportunity or they're seized. And um, Jordan's seizing the opportunity. Now with tomorrow around and some of the, the rules and transactions that have to happen, uh, what will happen to some of those younger players, I'm not sure. There's still discussions going on. Um, odds are we're not making the playoffs here. You know, let's be real. Uh, odds are they are down there. And our group needs to learn how to win somewhere. And uh, I'd be uh, promoting the fact that some of those, some of our players here can help that team down there win and learn how to win. That's real important. So at some point you'll see uh, some players return down there and they'll, uh, they'll hone their craft. Uh, when we need them, we'll recall them. But um, doesn't mean they haven't played very, very well and opened up our eyes. Something that was a Detroit staple, wasn't it, when we were there, that guys would learn to win? Well, um, Darren Helm played, I don't know how many NHL playoff games, handed him a Stanley Cup ring and told him to go to Grand Rapids and work on your game. Like, that doesn't happen often, but that's um, their model. Their model's easier to accept and understand when they're deep and they're winning. Um, we're not deep and we're not winning. So we force feed some players into our system too quick. It's not what we want to do, it's what we have to do right now. Um, as the years go on and we stockpile the drafts at Peter's gathering and, and we do a good job of picking players and internally developing them, maybe we can leave them there a little bit longer and, and we'll be better for it. What's the biggest difference that you've seen Really, since kind of challenged that team in the last three games, what have they done that they weren't doing before? Well, they, they just the individual pride and the drive and the, the tenacity on pucks, the tenacity on the back check, the tenacity in around the net um, has gone up a fair amount. And um, without that, we don't stand a chance. And maybe they realize that. Um, maybe it took two by four to the forehead, and that was that Ottawa game. Uh, maybe they realize that. Now we've got 18 games left. We'd like to, to maintain that. We'll have some dips, and we'll actually get on some highs where we will have to learn how to, to deal with things. But uh, the tenacity has gone up immensely throughout every individual in the lineup. What's your initial report on Pouillard? Uh I think we're going to lose Pooh for a little while. He's got an upper body injury, and uh, I haven't been given a time frame. Uh, but uh, I believe it's a shoulder injury, and, and we said we'd, you know, we'd let you know if it was going to be more than day to day, and it's more than day to day. So we've likely lost him for a little while. Good night. Good night. Coach Todd McClellan gets to end the month of February with a win. February was uh, not kind to the Edmonton Oilers overall. They go 4-8-2, but they rally to beat the Islanders 3-1 tonight. And our adjustment of the game is presented by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all, Rob. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, you can visit albertachiro.com. Well, we go back to what Matt Hendricks talked about with the penalty kill. He said that they were embarrassed in Long Island. They got picked apart by the, long, by the New York Islanders power play there. They made some adjustments on the PK, and tonight, a big reason the Edmonton Oilers were able to win this hockey game was them killing off three uh, New York Islander power plays. So the adjustment today was that by the penalty killers that were very, very good tonight. And we'll make all the PK guys tonight's home ice heroes for ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community? Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. 3-1 Oilers win. 780-496-0063 is the open line number. And one of our regulars, Rocket, is standing by tonight. Hey, Rocket, you're, you're also going to play Finish the Play. So we're giving you a $50 
gift card to Panda Hut Express for sure, and then you can get your name in the grand prize draw as well. But what's on your mind tonight? Uh, four things. I like the resilience after Pouliot went down. Um, I love Todd McClellan's comment about um, he, he kind of reminds me of my dad. You know, he used, to, he used to just come in the dressing room and rip you a new you-know-what. And all of a sudden, the team responds in the last three games. That's what we've seen. Um, and then also leadership. Um, if you're looking for one, look no further than the goaltender because he's performing like Carey Price right now. And um, the last thing was Brandon Davidson again. Just absolutely stunning, remarkable. What a, what a great player. Well, I agree. I think Cam Talbot has become a leader on this team, and this is uh, what the Oilers had sorely missed the last couple of seasons was consistent goaltending, a guy that could come in and give them a chance to win each and every night, and he's doing that for them. And then you talked about Brandon Davidson. I, I mean, we've been talking about him for so long now uh, on our, our post-game show. He seemed like he was the four-star award winner almost every <laughs> night, but he's just oh. so consistent, with, and yeah. he, does, he, he does everything good. And I... I and, and we just heard Tom McCullen talk about the fact that in a perfect world, in this what they saw with the Detroit Red Wings, the young players would stay in the minors and they would learn down there and they would improve and they would hone their skills. So when they got up to the NHL level, it was a, a seamless transition. But the Oilers haven't been able to do that. They haven't had the luxury because they did not have depth. They were not good hockey teams and their young kids were better than the players they had up here. Well, Brandon Davidson was a kid that went down to the minors and spent was it four years, three, four years in the minors, honing his skills, and by the time he got his opportunity up here, he was ready to seize it, and he yeah, certainly I, I seized guess it. If, I guess if there's one other comment, it'd be, it'd be you know, like all the injuries and stuff it didn't allow us to, uh, you know, to really do what we wanted to do either. So, Well, I think that the injuries, I, I, I didn't believe this was a playoff team, but having all the injuries hasn't allowed Peter, Chirelli, Peter Shirelli to, uh, get a true assessment and evaluation of his team. And yeah, I think I that's what they really wanted to do. And he talked about it with Justin Schultz. He gave him a one-year deal. What can he do? I think he wanted to see, with everyone healthy, where their biggest deficiencies were, how much they had to improve, where they had to go get players in the offseason. And because they haven't had the, the luxury of a full, complete lineup with all their stars in it, now it's a bit of a crapshoot on what they need. There's, there's obvious factors or obvious things in the defense. They need new defense, two or three defensemen back there. But you don't get to see what would McDavid do if he was playing with Drysdale and Nugent Hopkins was your second-line center. Or if you split up all three guys and you had three lines rolling, the Oilers never got to see that. All right, Rocket. We're going to do finish the play. If you are right, you qualify for the grand prize draw. That's 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. We have some Jack Michaels for you. Nelson hovering close by. Yakupov slashed it free, but Ryan Strom is able to gain control, then gave it away. Yakupov fired. What do you say, goal or no goal? No goal. Let's find out. Nelson hovering close by. Yakupov slashed it free, but Ryan Strom is able to gain control, then gave it away. Yakupov fired, save made by a lock. What a dreadful giveaway by Ryan Strom. Rocket, good stuff, buddy. You win, finish the play tonight. The Oilers win the game 3-1. Three goals, by the way, means a $150 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 50 bucks for every Edmonton goal all season long. You can get the total on the Oilers page on 630 chedcom All right, uh, catching up on some text messages here. 
Steven says, what are your thoughts on Eberle? I think out of the three $6 million players, he's the last I would trade because of his ability to score and the chemistry he's showing with McDavid, him being the only right-handed shot in the top six, should also play a factor. Well, he, he's played very well. When, the, when he came back, or when Connor came back from injury and Everly and he played together, they've, they've got a bit of a chemistry. Uh, I think over the last 18, 19 games, whatever's left this season, uh, management's going to take a look at all their players that they've got playing to see which ones they want going forward. And, and Jordan, we, I, I've done events with him. He wants to stay in Edmonton. He knows how fortunate he is right now being able to play with Connor McDavid. He wants to make the most of it. So uh, the Oilers need help. And if they can't get help through free agency, they're going to have to make trades in the offseason. And unfortunately, to get something good, you have to give up something good. So nobody is safe. But yeah, Jordan has had great chemistry with McDavid. And I'm sure that'll be taken into account when they decide what they're going to do going forward. Trent from up north says Shirelli's best move to date has been the Cassian pickup. He's been as good or better than expected as long as he keeps it up. Reinhardt in time might turn out to be a better move, but I like the Cassian move so far. Loading up on draft picks going to July 1st is exciting. Looking forward to it. That is Trent from up north and Cassian, yeah. He was good tonight. Played, Cassian was very good. a good game. Mm -hmm. I mean... Did he get one of those penalties early in he the did, third? The, he did. The, I, I thought that was a, a soft call. I, I thought it was a, a clean hit. I wouldn't have called that one. The one on Letestu was a penalty, but the one on Cassian yeah. wasn't. But I thought Kev Beverly got one too early in the third. I'm trying to remember that one. I think one. that was a little borderline as well. That one I can't remember as well. But, but Cassian... I think when, when he said he was better than expected, I don't know if the expectations were very high at all. I mean, here's a guy that had, uh, had had some struggles off the ice, hadn't played this year, had gone through injuries. I think they, they were hoping, but I don't know if they were expecting. And he's been, he's been good. I mean, tonight, through two, three or four big hits, and that's what he can do. He can change the complexion of a game. And also, and this is what you always like if you're a skilled player, he is a pain. And if he starts getting <laughs> under the skill under the skin of the other players on the other team, and they start their focus towards Cassian, that means they're not focusing on Hall. They're not fo focusing on Drysaddle on that line. And as a skilled player, that's what you want. The focus isn't on you because they're trying to go after him. Three-one, the Oilers take it. Couple goals short of the Japanese Village goal light, the Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on. On the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, when they do. You can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, it's 10.58. We want to bring you the latest news and weather. We have more post-game reaction as well. You're going to hear from Oilers goaltender Cam Talbot. 36 save tonight. He's the first star. Terry Peranich, real estate team, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team, overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. It is 11.05, and it's the end of a seven-game winless skid for your Edmonton Oilers, knocking off the New York Islanders 3-1 tonight. There was no scoring until 17.43 of the second period. Nick Letty took a slap shot from the blue line. It hit Adam Clendenning up high. Casey Sezikis grabbed the puck with... Clendenning lying on the ice and fired it over the shoulder of Cam Talbot, who took a quick glance at the referee after the puck went in, Rob. Yeah, there's always a, a slight hesitation whenever you see a player get hurt. Uh, and we talked about it earlier. Normally, 
when a player gets hit in the, the neck face area and goes down immediately as Glendening did, uh, the whistle goes. And I think there was a hesitation. Uh, there wasn't by the Islanders as they put the puck in the net and just a bad break for the Oilers. Unfortunately, Clendenning uh, was all right and came back and finished the game. Benoit Pouliot injured in this game, by the way, uh, more than day-to-day -day is the word from head coach Todd McClellan, so we may not see him I, much I, or at all. I, I Honestly, the way he went off the ice, I don't think you'll see him back the rest of the season. It did not look like it's going to be something that he's going to be able to rehabilitate and be ready to play. The Oilers come back in the third at 10-12. Lander breaking a 64-game goalless drought. First of the season from Osterley and Davidson at 11:07. Dry cycle from Hall and Cassian. That goal reminded me a little bit of the one Nashville yeah. got when we didn't know where the ago, puck yep. was. And, and well, then same thing. Well, the, when we watched it that day, you, we talked about the fact that it seemed like it was covered long enough that there should have been a whistle. And I agree that night, and I, I think today, this one too, I think it was covered long enough that there should have been a whistle. The only reason that the puck popped free was there was no whistle, so Halak thought, oh, Jesus, the, I, better the puck, I better move because the puck's somewhere. And as he moved, that's when the puck came out. But good on Drysaddle going to the blue paint and, and sniffing around looking for the puck since the whistle had not gone. And it started with Hall just putting the puck on net, not from a great scoring position, but the Oilers did that a few times tonight looking for rebounds. Davidson, the insurance marker, with 3.03 left from Everly and McDavid, Oilers, 0-for-1 on the power play. The Islanders were 0-for-4. The final shots, 37-26 for the Islanders. They are coached by Jack Capuani, Capuano, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're a quick team. I, I thought we didn't start the way we wanted to start, but, uh, you know, we, I thought we were playing pretty good. And just, we're not going to score many goals. If we're not going to get secondary scoring here, we're going to struggle down the stretch. And our power play... Until we put Pulak on it, we didn't establish any, any, any shots from the point at all. And we had opportunities on a power play to be a difference maker tonight. We could have been up by 2 nothing, but to me, that's the difference in the game. Those two power plays, too, too much standing around on yeah, our Yeah, nothing. We, didn't, we had no movement. We had no urgency. We're very lethargic. And to me, when you get to this time of year, that's going to be the difference in, in the game. And, it's going to change the game around, and uh, we just we had no momentum at all. I just think their goaltender played pretty well today. He made some pretty good saves. Who's that? Their goaltender. Yeah, I thought Talbot played really well. You know, he made some big saves. There's a few scrums in front where we had some opportunities, and again, I look at the timely saves. We're up one nothing. We had two or three really good chances uh, to go up by two, and to me, that's the difference in the game. And uh, you know, the, the couple big saves that he made, and, and obviously our power play. So. Could have went up by two, you know. I, I felt like, you know, maybe the game would have, the outcome would have been a little bit different. But they hung around there, and they got, they got some big goals in, uh, in the third that they uh, got some pucks to the net. You feel like we talked about a couple guys after Calgary. There's a couple more guys here among your forwards who uh, this is a bad time of year to start playing that way. Right? I mean, just they got to be better. I mean, I think they know looking in the mirror. You know, I, I, we're not going to have to single out guys, but I mean. We change the lines, we juggle the lines, and all of a sudden we're flying and you know, we're getting zone time and we score goals. I, I don't know why it's, it takes a little bit of juggling to, to get guys going. So we have to find a way to, um, you know, to, to try to get those top nine because I don't worry about Sezekis, Clutterbuck, and Martin and the way that they play. All right, that's Jack Capuano, the head coach of the New York Islanders. By the way, Sezekis with a goal tonight. 
fourth line center with a four-game point streak. That's a nice luxury to have for the Islanders. That is a very good fourth line. You know what they kind of remind me of is the Boston Bruins for years had that uh, fourth line, Thornton, um, Gre was it Gregory? And I can't remember the, the other guy. But they oh, had, Gregory Campbell? Gregory Campbell. And, they, they, and that fourth line was a line that Boston Bruins always used. Any situation felt comfortable. And this is what the Islanders have. That fourth line they have is good. They're physical. They're very responsible. And he had no problem putting them out face-offs in his own zone against the other team's best players. So uh, it, it's a luxury that uh, any team around the National Hockey League would love to have. The face-off battle tonight, by the way, finishes 54% in favor of the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl took a lot of draws. He won 8 out of 15. Letestu won 9 out of 12. Lander was even uh, 6 for 12. Uh, McDavid obviously continues to struggle. He was 3 out of 10. He had a good game the other night there, but uh, well, he's, it, he's, he's learning. He's learning, and he, a lot of the time he's playing against the other team's best center, who usually is right. pretty good in the draws. So whenever you look at stats at the end of the night, you usually have to look to see who they're taking them against. Uh, and McDavid, uh, there's not very many easy nights because, I mean, he goes to Anaheim, he's going against Kessler, who's one of the best in the world. Got a text here from Randy. He says, out of the remaining games, how many will Laurent Brassois play? Well, they got 18 left. I mean, I don't know. I, it's not going to be half, four, four, five, six. I, most, I guess four six or five. max probably. Yeah. I would say four to six, yeah. They actually, they only have one back-to-back -back left. They play... This Tuesday, then they play Thursday and Friday, and then starting Friday, they basically play every second day until almost the end of the month, and then they have a weird schedule in April where they only play three times. But they'll give Brassois a shot. I, I, I would say four or five is a safe bet, and mm -hmm. may, maybe six if they need him. Uh, Randy also says, any chance the Oilers find another goalie or a defenseman tomorrow? Mm -hmm. If they do, I think it's a minor league deal. Yeah, they're, they're not bringing a goalie right. to the NHL. That's why they got Brassois, that he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, as for a defenseman, I mean, the, the the problem right now for the Oilers is they don't have a whole lot they can move. I mean, this is a team that is uh, at the NHL level is pretty pretty thin. They don't. There's not a lot of extra, especially if Pouliot's out. So uh, any move they make, they'd have to bring someone back. And I, I I think the Edmontoners are more or less done when it comes to the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, there's there's rumors about or there are rumors about Yakpov. People are asking about him. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't, I, I don't know, especially be, not with Pouliot out. To, to to be honest, I think the return for Yakupov is so low right now that it's not worth them doing. Right. So what you're not going to right now? You're going to give an opportunity to play. He's going to get top six minutes. I don't think there's anything out there that they can get that would appease anyone here. So if I'm going to bring in a, a middle round draft pick then why not just keep the kid and see what yeah, he can do the last playing. 18 games of the year? Yeah, I think that's a good point. You're going to hear from the first starter night, Cam Talbot, when we get back. Oilers win 3-1. Overtime open line for the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Nelson came over to help out, taken away by Lander, wide open Brandon Davidson. Left circle, hesitates, high slot, Osterley moves it, shot, score! The first goal of the season for Anton Lander! His first goal since March 16th! 2015, a span of 64 games, and it's finally over. Edmonton's tied the score 1-1. 
And they would go on to win it 3-1. Dreisaitl would score 55 seconds after the Lander goal. Late insurance from Brandon Davidson. 3-1, your final. Lander, man, 64 games without a goal. And you know what's funny, Rob? I mean, we've seen him have in tight chances where you think, oh, this this is the one. I mean, hey, it, it went in, good for him. I When he shot it, I was like, okay, well, he's shooting for a rebound, and then bang, it's in the back of the net. I mean, it was a bad goal. I mean, that's a goal Halak's got to have, and he didn't get a lot of mustard on it either, Anton. He, but he was, he was putting the puck on net, and I think that was what they were trying to stress tonight to the Oilers, and they did it from a lot of different angles tonight. Uh, but but good for him. Uh, it's... He, there was high expectations for Anton coming into the season. I think uh, the team thought he would be much better. I think he expected to be much better. And when things went sideways and he sat up in the press box, and he probably questioned himself a lot of nights. Good for him to score that goal. And Peter, or sorry, Todd McCullen talked about it. And you could see the excitement with Matt Hendricks when, when he went to congratulate him. The team was happy. That, that Anton was able to find some success tonight. Benoit Pouliot injured tonight, shoulder injury. It is not short-term. He is more than day-to-day. -day. That's the word from head coach Todd McClellan. Cam Talbot shining in net tonight, 36 saves. Here he is. Cam, how nice is it to uh, come in here after a while and talk about a win? Uh, it feels pretty good, especially against uh, a team that kind of embarrassed us out there last time. So we uh, we had some redemption to take care of, and we went out there and conference that tonight. Does it feel like a weight off of the team's collective shoulders, especially given the way you guys played in L.A. and Anaheim as well? Yeah, I mean, we started to pick up our game and turn around there, but didn't get the results that we wanted, and we've been taking steps in the right direction. So um, tonight was a uh, uh, pretty uh, gutsy Gets a game by our group against another great team over there, so um, feels good to get a two points tonight. Just saw your, yourself tonight. I mean, it seemed like you had it all night long, and especially on the penalty kill there late in the third. Yeah, it's not a team that you want to put on a penalty kill three times in one period when you're trying to protect a lead, but um, our guys came up with some big blocks out there tonight, uh, kept most of the shots to the outside, and uh, let me see most shots, so um, got to give our PK a lot of credit and uh, just the way our team battled throughout the night. and. Uh, Battle for those uh, the three goals there in the third. What do you see different in this team over the last three days? <coughs> Seems like they, sort of, they played a slightly different. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint. It. I think that our our effort, our attention to detail, um, our willingness to to be in the shot lanes, to to get back and break up three on twos and push them into our D and let them let our D have a good gap. I mean, it's kind of a combination of everything. We're doing a lot of good things right now, and um, hopefully we can continue to do that moving forward. This is sort of contrary to stereotypical where they're talking. I mean, you guys are grinding it out and you're, you're, you're having a lot of two games. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do in this league. I mean, we, the, the good teams in California there showed us that that's the way that you're going to win down the stretch, and that's the way that playoff hockey's played. So, um, I think we're going to do a lot of growing in this room if uh, we can continue to play like that, move in the right direction, and um, hopefully next year we'll, we'll be uh, competing for those same playoff spots and ready to play that playoff uh, style hockey come playoff time. Reed, that's Cam Talbot. Thank you, Brendan Ulrich. Work of the Oilers' room tonight. They improved to 23-34-7. This was game 64 for Edmonton tonight. Last year in 82 games, they won 24 times, so just one behind that total. The Islanders fall to 33, 20, 
and seven. They have their three-game winning streak snapped. They're uh, four games into a seven-game road trip. First loss on this road trip, actually. Rob, the, the trade deadline is coming up tomorrow at 1. Uh, you and I are going to be on at 11 in the morning for special coverage earlier if the Oilers do anything significant. Over the weekend, they traded Teddy Purcell, Justin Schultz, and Anders Nilsson. And uh, those t- Nielsen and uh, per- or pardon me, uh, Schultz and Purcell were also scratched the two games in California. Look, I'm going to ask you the question because people are saying, is there a correlation between Schultz not being in the lineup and the way the Oilers have played the last three games? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, Schultz struggled mightily this year, and most of his struggles were in the defensive zone. And he was a guy that was playing 22 minutes a night, so you got. For 22 minutes a night, you have a guy on the ice that was struggling. And, <clears throat> excuse me, some of those games went sideways on him. So I think there's a bit of a correlation. I don't know if there's a huge upgrade uh, from a Clendenning. Uh, but Clendenning is not playing the minutes that Schultz did. So you're able to protect Clendenning more than Schultz was protected. So I think that's part of it. I, I think that, but then on the other hand, I think the team was better when Purcell was in the lineup. I think he, he added something to the team, so losing him hurts a bit, but they needed the draft pick, and they weren't gonna, probably weren't going to re-sign him. So it was two good moves by Peter Shirelli that we expected, and it may be the only moves that the Oilers make. Uh, now, I, I, I don't know if they're going to do anything else tomorrow unless they want to do something for their minor league team to give them a better chance of winning. As Tom McClellan talked about, the importance of having players learn to win, whether it's at the NHL level or at the American Hockey League level. Oilers win tonight 3-1 over the Islanders. Taylor Hall, six shots on goal tonight, by the way. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everly trying to give it back to him, and eluded Yakupov at center ice. It's Connor McDavid. Now remember, Yakupov elevated here with Pouliot Hurt. McDavid to Everly. Dishes off. One time a rip. Score! Brandon Davidson buries it from the top of the right circle. And three unanswered third period goals for the Edmonton Oilers, who now lead by a deuce. Yeah, the Oilers get three goals in six minutes and 45 seconds. That one by Davidson with 3.03 left, putting it away, a 3-1 win for Edmonton over the New York Islanders. So they end the seven-game winless skid. They were 0-5-2 the way the NHL does things. They're now technically unbeaten in two, 1-0-1, because that, that, the, an overtime loss winds up going in both streaks. Whichever way, yeah. Whichever way yeah. makes it better well, for whatever stat you're looking well, for. Well, exactly. I, I mean, it's kind of, uh, well, we're not going to debate the overtime losses uh, tonight. But the, the Oilers get a win uh, Rob, very similar last three games for the team. We were talking during the commercial break. The cumulative score in the last three games, Oilers and opponents, is 5-5. Five, five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that was a good 40 minutes in the games that I used to play in. <laughs> but but the, the thing that you like about what's happened in the last three games, so more or less they're 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the last three. They could be 3-0. and oh, They could be 0-3. Oh, they're in every game. And that's what's... Uh, Tom McClellan's trying to stress with this group, stay in the game, eventually bounces will go our way. Uh, you got to like the work ethic. you got to like the commitment to detail that they've had as of late. And there, there was a tongue lashing. There was 
the Boo Birds from the fans in their last homestand. Uh, the players took it to heart. And the last three games are the way that the Oilers were playing earlier in the season. They're getting back to doing it the right way. If they continue that on this road trip, they're playing some of the weaker Eastern Conference teams. The Oilers have always had success against the Eastern Conference. They can find some victories on this road trip, but they must play the same way they've been playing as of late. The road trip will start Tuesday against Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. We'll have the game for you. Face-off show at 4 the puck will drop at 5.30. In the meantime, special trade deadline coverage starting at 11 tomorrow morning. Rob Brown, me, Stoffer, who knows who else, Brendan Ulrich as well. If the Oilers do something significant before 11, we'll jump on. Uh, but we'll be on by 11 a.m. at the latest. And I'll have inside sports from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. Rob, I'll see you in... Well, heck, uh, less than 12 hours now, buddy. Can hardly wait. Can hardly wait. You see me more than you see your family. Yes, I do. They've mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) The Oilers beat the Islanders 3-1. The studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630Ched is Sid Smith. You can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com to get more. Terry real estate team presents overtime open line we've been camped out in the cabela's broadcast center my name is reed wilkins thank you so much for listening